Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor. And the end to his yang, Jake. Gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. He is a real human and not a black box. He's having some camera difficulties today. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you don't get to see his uh, beautiful face. Uh, today is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. This episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, it's available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the links. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, yesterday the model, 8, 10, and 1, so down a few units um, on a short slate on these podcast picks. I went 3, 5, and 1, you went 3, 3, and 1, so... Kind of mediocre all around on that short slate. Hopefully, we can improve a little bit uh, on that today. What is one thing we should know before we get started? Yeah, um, yeah. Last night was weird, but uh, San Diego State seems to be peaking at the right time this year. They started off rough, and now and the defense has always been there. It's been one of the top few defenses all year, but now the offense is coming around. They're, they had a guy go for thirty last night on a decent Wyoming team. They've won uh, six of the last seven, and the only loss in that seven was a one-point loss on the road to Boise, a really good Boise State team. So this is a team to keep an eye on, especially as tournament starts. Could have big impacts on the bubble if they come through and win the Mountain West, since they're not really expected to. Um, so it's a team, team to kind of watch and a fun team to kind of bet on right now with the way they're playing. Yeah, that first half of that game was pretty wild. There were way more points. Both teams were just on fire. And, of course, second half played out kind of like I thought it would total-wise, but it didn't really matter with that hot first half that both teams had, especially San Diego State, though. Uh, before we get to today's slate reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. We appreciate those things, and they help us out a lot. Share with a friend. If you know others in the game, drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. We'll head right into the game breakdowns. Jake, yesterday you went three and two on these. So we'll try to keep that rolling here. We're going to start off with a 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central game, Dayton at Richmond. Richmond is a two-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 133. I'm unveiling a new gimmick here. I don't know what to call this. So if you'll have a good name, drop it in the, uh, in the comments there. Uh, I'll call it the double-double. Uh, I'm taking a side and a total on this one. I like Dayton plus two-and-a-half. I like the over 133. I like Dayton. I'm 3-1 backing them. 4-2 and two fading, so I've done well on Dayton all around. 4-3 and three fading Richmond. I think it's a close game, and so because of that, I think you've got some value taking two and a half points. I think Dayton's got a good chance to win this one, so if you like the money line, that's not a bad look either. Again, whatever your uh, favorite play there is in these situations. I like the over. Anytime the model says over lately, I feel good about that because overs in general around the sport have been fantastic. And so uh, 133 doesn't seem like enough points. The model thinks 136. So I'm taking Dayton plus two and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm starting us off hot here. Jake, who wins, Dayton or Richmond? I, I like Dayton. I really like Dayton to pull this off. They are a really good team. Um, but they've just come off a, a rough loss to LaSalle. But before that, they had won five in a row. And they were adjusting to uh, Kamara. I think that's how you say his last name. There's their second leading scorer um, being quit, uh, being out, so got to give him a little bit of grace there. Uh, and also with him being questionable tonight, I think the game plan will be fixed. But um, 
Deron Holmes is an incredible player. He'll be a lot of fun to watch. But their offense really isn't the main main part here. It's their defense. Their defense is surprisingly good. They uh, they really get into your face and make it hard to score. They're not that great at forcing turnovers, but it's more of that Virginia kind of line where they keep keep you from scoring more so than turn turn you over. And Richmond like takes care of the ball really well, but they get a little too dependent on the three ball, which anytime you're a jump shooting team, that a cold night and all of a sudden you're done. But defensively, they're not as good as what they should be, and I think that's what keeps them from being able to pull away on top of the thin bench they have. Yeah, and Richmond, a below-average defense, according to Ken Palm, which is not something that you want to be saying about a team from the Atlantic 10, right? If you're a below-average defense, and we're talking about some of the smaller conferences, that's maybe less of a big deal because all the defenses aren't as strong. But if you're a below-average defense in a, you know, semi-solid conference like that that doesn't bode well and that's what we're talking about with richmond like you said dayton a, a much better defense than richmond's and so that could easily be the difference there at the same time slot here uh sticking with that earlier game 6 30 eastern 5 30 central providence at villanova villanova is a large nine and a half point favorite i'm eyeing the total here 134 and a half i'm going to go over that the model thinks it should be 136 we know that Villanova plays slow but is very efficient. So that makes Villanova always an interesting over-under case, right? Do you trust their pace or do you trust their efficiency? And that kind of dictates a lot of times if the game goes over or under. But I will note that Providence uh, defense, not quite as strong as most of the others in the conference. And so I think this gets over. I'm trusting the overs. Jake, can Villanova not only win, which we kind of all expect them to, but can they win by double digits at home? Yeah, I think I think they do. I think they are a good enough team, um, especially offensively. They don't turn the ball over. They hit their free throws. They shoot the ball incredibly well. Coming home, every, uh, all the smaller players play well. Uh, and really, Providence has no answer for Colin Gillespie. He went for thirty three on a bum ankle last time. So I, I'm not I'm not expecting him to get thirty three, but I'm expecting him to have a normal and probably better than average game. A few other guys step up and they get it done. Um, at some point, the way Providence plays is going to come back and bite them. They kind of play right above the level of their competition, and I think that's what happened to them last time when they played Villanova because they couldn't just get up over that edge. And I think the same thing is going to happen here, except at home a few calls go Villanova's way and Villanova gets a few more jump shots going and they pull it off and win by double digits. All right, so Jake likes Villanova to cover. I like the over in that one. Sticking with the theme of games starting at the half-hour mark, I suppose, 7.30 Eastern at 6.30 Central, Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan is a four-point home favorite, total of 142 and a half. The model thinks that Michigan should only be favored by two and a half, so I'm going to take the four points with Michigan State. Hopefully you all saw the sheet that I posted yesterday and looked at what I made the game, and there were a bunch of plus fives and plus four and a half. So hopefully you out there listening, hopefully you got four and a half on Michigan State. If you didn't, go ahead and jump on that four. I still think there's value there at that number. The model is four and oh, fading Michigan. I think for the most part, just grab points in the Big Ten. Just thinking about a couple of the games that we talked about last week, just a small sample size here, but just the ones that come to mind. Indiana should have covered against Ohio State last week, early in the week when they were getting seven. Uh, I gave it to overtime, so clearly the right side. 
Uh, Ohio State covered uh, about the same, you know, about a six point spread or whatever against Illinois. Michigan State covered against Purdue on Saturday. The Big Ten is just confusing. Um, you never really know who's going to show up. There's a bunch of good teams. They're all pretty similar to each other, um, especially on any, you know, any given night. I just think there's a lot of value here taking the points in these Big Ten games. So I like grabbing the four points with Michigan State. I think they got a chance to win, so I think anything can happen. So I think it's a value play there. Jake, can Michigan State hang in there, either get the win or a tight loss here, or does Michigan win by more than four tonight? Yeah, I'm riding with you. I'm with Michigan State here. They won the first matchup by 18. I mean, I know that was home, but they are a very good three-point shooting team. They're up inside the top ten in percentages. They make about almost eight a game, and so they're hitting about 38.2%, so that – that's a ridiculous clip as a team. Um, they really they make their free throws, but on the year they make their free throws. The last three they've been struggling, and I know there was a lot of who went to the line in the Purdue game, but so that might be the case in these last three because they've dropped to 57 from the 75 they're at. So I, I'm thinking that's more of who's going in line than the team going cold from the free throw line. But uh, both teams are very sloppy with the ball, so I expect to kind of chaotic pace here for this one. And so, like, and then neither team is great at forcing turnovers, but Michigan is worse. They rank 346th and four, with 10 a game, and in their, la- in their last three, that's down to 8.7. So that's, that's just not – you're not doing anything yourself any favors on defense with that. And the way Michigan State shoots, if you're not taking the ball away from them, I – I think this one might get away from Michigan and get away quickly if uh, Michigan State gets hot. Um, and Michigan State also has the big guys to make Hunter Dickinson's life hard. Um, like he went for 25 the last time they played, but he worked really hard at it. And as hard as he's working on the offensive end, he's not a great defensive player by any stretch. So that's going to open up everything because they're going to have to keep him in because Michigan doesn't have another offensive threat that's scary besides him. All right, so both Jake and I like Michigan State there getting four points. Or, again, we think they have a decent chance to win this one. So, again, if you like money line, that's not a bad look either. If you want to split your bet a little bit, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then the other big, big 10 game, Purdue, is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Wisconsin, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Total is 144. Based on that last recap, I mean, it's not a stretch to just say same thing. Take the points, take the money line. But this one, these two teams are very confusing. I think it's a stronger look personally to take the over. Um, it, just because it's not a lot of points, not as many points, right, as that as that previous one we talked about. So for me, I'm, I'm taking the over 144. The model thinks it should be up closer to 146. Purdue overs were fantastic to start the year. They've been very iffy. This might be our last stand here after uh, they let us down again on – Saturday. But the thing I like about this over here, it's not just about writing Purdue's over. It's the fact that Wisconsin has been an over team as well. I'm not sure the books have caught up to that quite as much. Their D is not as good um, as before. It's still a solid defense, but it's not that suffocating defense that they used to have. They don't play really slow anymore. Right? There was obviously a time that we, I think we all can remember a few years ago where Wisconsin was trying to play a game in the 30s, and that was like their whole goal. And they don't do that anymore. And so I think that that Wisconsin being kind of a surprising over team. Hopefully that gets us back rolling with these Purdue overs. I think that's a stronger look just because I don't uh, like in these big 10 games, these shorter numbers, it just makes it harder to peg. I can't just grab points and take the value there. Um, Jake, what's your opinion on this one? 
Yeah, I, I, I like the over because of the way how efficient Wisconsin is and obviously how great Purdue's offense is. It looks good, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Purdue is going to get this one. Um, Wisconsin got them in Mackey, and that was surprising, but it took a really huge game out of Johnny Davis to score 37, and that was half their points. So if he's off a little bit, then I think Purdue, like it's a back to this one possession, two possession game, and I think Purdue can get it done. Because um, there's really not an answer on Wisconsin team for Zach Eady. And that, not that there's an answer really out there for him, but as long, as long as the refs have figured out how to not call fouls on him because he's tall. He's so tall. <laughs> uh, so they, they can, they can get it done. I think they feed him. I think the way Ivy plays and if they could get some shots going from uh, Sasha or Thompson or Hunter, anybody else, just a little bit of help. I think they get it done. Um, Cause I, I don't see Johnny Davis going as hot as he did last time. And I don't think Tyler Wall or Brad Davidson is good, are good enough to make up that difference, especially Tyler Wall with him having to battle Edie and Williams and first all night, that's going to zap his legs quick. So I think Purdue gets it done because they they need it done. Both these, This is probably the game of the night. Like You're looking at first place in the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin can wrap it up with a win. Uh, and then uh, Purdue can be tied with Wisconsin and with a split. So I'm not sure where the tiebreaker goes there with one to play. Yep, definitely a big game uh, there in the Big Ten. Should be an interesting one there. Uh, hopefully we can get a lot of points there. And then, Jake, you think that Purdue can win. Being a shorter number is a little bit easier to take the favorite there in these Big Ten games than some of those mid-range numbers uh, can be. So I think that makes a little bit of sense as well. Uh, that takes us to solo, Jake. Jake, I, I went and pulled the records. If we go back to the what this segment has morphed into, right, from the talk me out of uh, into this, where we've highlighted these games here as the last game where either I haven't had a strong edge or I've, I've disagreed or whatever. Take all of them now, 13-2-1. That is insane. It's not going to continue at that rate, everybody, right? We know that there's – that's 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 not going to happen. But, it, it, you know, if we can get half that success, right, uh, going forward, I think that would be good. You've done fantastic here. So I'm going to let you have the floor on this one. I don't have a great edge either way. Arizona is a four-point – road favorite at USC in the late game. Um, can Arizona get the job done on the road? Yeah, I think they do. I think it would have been less likely to take Arizona if they didn't just lose to Colorado. But I think coming off that loss, like that's a weird road trip. And it is. I think there's been, what, three teams in the last 20 years or something that's been able to sweep the Colorado-Utah road trip. Yeah, it's and, not many. Yeah, so, it's, it's a, so don't penalize them too hard on that because it was a little bit of an ugly loss. But I think they come out strong. They come out hot. Um, they've, they've obviously got the offense and the defense. They're, they're top 15 uh, in both efficiency-wise, and they're going against good squads with that. Um, they really, really have such a incredible offense that gets going. Um, like They won the last matchup, and their best offensive player had nine points. So that tells you they're very balanced. I don't think there's a way ben Mathur, uh, Benedict Mathurin has nine points again. I think he is going to go a little hard there and uh, and put the team on his back and score quite a bit tonight. And USC, it looks like if you look at the record, it looks like they're on a roll. But they've won five in a row, and four of them were 
under three points or three points or less. So it's not like they're really putting their mark on the team. Um, they went to o- overtime with Oklahoma, uh, Oregon State, who's not a very good team. They, uh, they took a buzzer beater, I think, to beat Call, uh, I forget who it was, but it took a last second shot to go in to win that. The Oregon one Saturday was a title. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I don't, I don't see them being able to keep up with this Arizona team this time, especially coming off a loss. All right. And that leads us to the overtime A plays. Yesterday, one and one in this segment. Texas Southern, it, it, Texas Southern is like flipping a coin. Uh, you know, seven and seven backing them this season. That's it, it, about as coin flip as you get. They sometimes show up and look great other times. Last night, they just didn't seem to show up um, at all and, and lost outright. Uh, did get an easy win with Jackson State. I was getting points in that one, and they won outright. So the A-plus play of the day won, so that was good for us. I've got three A-plays for you today at 6 p.m. I've got Detroit minus nine and a half versus Green Bay. Um, this is a tournament game. I think if the number already isn't outside of nine and a half, we're not already to a double digit game. And the tournament teams tend to foul a little bit more aggressive just because they know their season's ending. So I think we got a lot of ways we can get that to a 10 point victory. So I like Detroit there to win by double digits. Also at 6 p.m. Central, I've got Eastern Michigan, Eastern Kentucky. To be at plus four and a half at Kennesaw State. I'm two and zero oh on A plays on Eastern Kentucky. I have no idea who wins this game. I think grab the points or plus odds because there's value. Reminds me a lot of that Jackson State game last night. Kind of anything can happen here, so you're getting some value there. And then the A plus play of the day: 17, 12, and one all time here. I'm going back to the well with Toledo. We've taken Toledo here in this spot twice already. They won both times and won for three. Plus two and a half at Buffalo. I'm 7-3-1 backing Toledo, 3-1 fading Buffalo. I think the wrong team's favorite. I think Toledo can go on the road and get the win. So getting two and a half points here is a steal in my opinion. Yeah, I love I love this Toledo pick. This is I, – I, I'm very confused on how they ended up being favored. I don't think Buffalo's that strong of a home court. So I'm kind of really confused on that. I think Toledo's a much better team that they get it done. Yep. All right, Jake. Your buzzer beaters, what do you have for us? I am taking two kind of big favorites here. I'm taking Ohio State and Duke, both laying 14 and a half, right? Ohio State is going to take care of this lowly Nebraska team. Um, there's nothing nothing Nebraska can do with E.J. Liddell. He's, he can step out, shoot the three. I think he's hitting close to a 40% clip, shot, uh, clip there, and he can play with his back to the bucket. He can drive faster. He's just an incredible player, and Nebraska can't handle him. And Pittsburgh is just bad. Um, Duke is on a roll. They're rolling. They're playing great. And Pittsburgh is whatever you whatever is the opposite of that. That is what Pittsburgh is doing. Um, they are just who. But I think Duke gets it done, and that way they've they're gonna take care of business so they can rest up and be ready for this weekend with Coach K's last game and North Carolina coming into town. Yeah, actually, B picks on both of those, so I like both of those picks. Um, we talked about Duke struggling to close out teams. That probably more applies to a team that they're a six-point favorite, an eight-point favorite. It shouldn't apply here. And then Ohio State, I love that pick. Um, that was a borderline A pick for me. Um, Nebraska pushes the pace, but they don't play defense. I think it's a recipe for disaster. We talked about grabbing points in Big Ten games. I don't think that applies to Nebraska being uh, you know, that rare bad team. Uh, that wants to actually have more possessions. So I think they're just more likely to get 
blown out. Um, there, I think they're very outclassed. So I like both of those, uh, especially that Ohio State one. Uh, my buzzer beaters uh, went one, one, and one yesterday. I've got five for you today, a bigger slate. So I've got some more things to look over. I'm going to start off with my favy fave here, two and one since I started doing this. I'm going to take another big favorite, just like I did last time out, 7 p.m. Central, Oakland. Minus 22 versus IUPUI. It sounds like IUPUI is down another player. They've had the worst injury luck I think I have ever seen in my lifetime. If that is the case, they are down to five players. And I, I don't know how you play defense for 40 minutes with only five players. Their offense is already bad. If their legs are tired, the jumpers are short, they can't get to the rim. Credit to IUPUI for fighting these last few weeks. They didn't roll over in most of their games, but if they're done to five guys, I just this feels like a game that's more likely to land at 40 than 20. Uh, if, if Oakland wants to, they can just run away with it. Um, hopefully we can get another winner on a giant number. Every dog has its day version 2.0 where I'm taking dogs, but they don't necessarily have to win on the uh, money line. One, one, and one here all time. I'm taking 6 p.m. West Virginia plus six at Oklahoma. Look, if you think you if you figured out the Big, T Big 12, hats off to you. I'm grabbing points when it's a substantial number. We saw it again last night uh, with Kansas State hanging in there. I don't know what's happening in the Big 12. It's like the Big 10. I, I think if you just take points for the most part, you're getting a lot of value there. Anything can happen. Six points is a lot. So I think West Virginia is the smart play there. Uh, the best B side here, 7.30 p.m. I've got VCU minus three and a half versus St. Bonaventure. We like to fade St. Bonaventure. Eight and six fading them, so not going to uh, you know be able to retire off of that, but still positive. Three and two back in VCU. I think the number's right here if you're laying three, three and a half. I think that's a good spot for us. And then two totals. I've got the over of the day. 8 p.m. Southern Utah at Montana State over 147. This number should be out about 150, maybe higher. Both teams are over teams. Uh, one is an over place uh, pretty fast. The other plays average. Both have above average offenses and below average defenses. I think it's a recipe for a high scoring affair. And then the under of the day, 8 p.m. Central Cincinnati at Houston under 136. The model says 133. I've taken a lot of Houston overs this year, and the model is three and eight on Houston over edges. So playing an under here is a relief because Houston has not been good to the over. So I think it's exciting, at least personally, that now we get to play Houston under. Yeah, <laughs> my heart just breaks for IUPUI. Just what, what do you what do you do here? You're you're just you're just trying to get the season over with at this point and. Yeah, I would say that nobody gets hurt, but at this point, that seems to be a given that somebody's going to get hurt for IUPUI. Um, yeah, they they just can't they can't avoid it. Yeah, and then I I really love the VCU pick. I'm I'm on that one. Um, Bonnie's short bench and the way VCU plays that's going to eat. That's going to be a terrible mix for them. So I think they get it done. And interesting tidbit: Houston is the best first half team in the nation. They come out and play great, and then it's like. They either are up so much in the first half they don't really play in the second half, or they just kind of go to sleep a little bit in the second half. Not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, interesting note if you like playing halves. There you go. All right. That is all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in this episode. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday and Saturdays during the college basketball season. That subscribe button, that's the only way you make sure you don't miss any of our content. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating.